Hello and welcome to another episode of the 30-Minute CMO Podcast. My name is Gorsha Hucho and I'm joined by my friend and partner, Alex McNamara. Good evening, Alex. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I am, you know what, I always look forward to these uh, recording sessions because among the many other things that this offers, it's a chance for us to have virtual beers. It's like a happy hour and a podcast combined. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Um, what's your conversation juice today? Uh, it's the same one as I had last time because I haven't quite gone through the pack, but it's uh, the Silver Reef Brewing Company. Um, and it's uh, the Color Country Red Ale. You know, I like the the red ales, the ambers, so I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. What's your, and it's a Utah, it's a St. George, Utah beer that I actually, I forgot. I bought when I was in Zion National Park in Utah. That's why I and, have it. And you brought it back. And I brought it back. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's excellent. So fresh from the source. I have a Silver Moon Brewing um, catch and release ipa it's very delicious i had one for the first time yesterday um it's really good i think it's from bend oregon uh-huh. um fantastic place for beers i've never been you've been um i need to make a trip down there um but yeah it's it's really good it's um i highly recommend for many people a trip to bend i feel like it's a one-way trip they just stay because of I, the beers the coffee and the outdoors from from what I've heard, that is true. So one day, when able to buy my ranch in Central Oregon, it'll be in and around that area. So, or when we build our you know thirty minute CMO podcasting studios, we can build it in Bend. I mean, we should probably do that at some point. You know, these virtual sessions on on that. You know, I think we should be in a, in in a in a room together. Yeah, um, have our guests come in. Juice. Um, speaking yeah. of uh, kind of location, relocation, we are going to probably take a little hiatus, although we'll try to not make it too long because I'm going to be traveling to, I'm going to be traveling, I'm going to be getting on an airplane in Jeez. 36 hours. And oh uh, that's going to be the first time in 13 months that I will be flying somewhere and I'm going to be flying to Russia. Um, and so it's uh, the reason why we'll probably take a little break, but we'll attempt to do one or two of these episodes while I'm there, um, yep. you know, over a long distance. Yep. Um, and that would be good. We can, we can, you can tell us all about the Russian advertising, the pros and cons, um, and all that. Um, are you going to be able to use the lounge? Is that open? I know you're a big fan of the lounge. I, I, I will, I will report on my experience and I will also try to understand how these airlines currently are trying to, you know, market to the captive audience, because I feel like it has to be different. You know, yeah. I'm also looking and at the same time, not looking for, uh, forward to in-flight entertainment because I'm sure these are like, there's zero new movies. I was these, just saying, there's, there's no content you haven't seen because it's all straight to streaming. It's, so, all, it's all straight to streaming, but maybe I'll- I'm just, sure you have a selection of, of Dwayne The Rock Johnson movies though. I can't imagine, you know, they'll be lacking in those. Probably a separate channel on American Way, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> the Rock Channel. The Rock Channel, yeah. <laughs> the Rock Bottom Channel. Um, (laughs) all right, let's get into the discussion. Uh, all right. All right. I've got, I've got a good one. Um, Weetabix when we talked about those last time, uh, the last episode. Yeah. Excellent. So Weetabix sales, uh, soar after Tweetabix. (laughs) Remind (laughs) remind (laughs) us what that was all about because it just, I keep chuckling. So, so Weetabix, um, the delicious uh, cardboard flavored um, UK cereal bar brick, um, they did a they did a tweet with um, the baked beans on, and I I read an article um, 
shared by my friend Mark Reese Whedon. He um, he shared with us, and this is where I get the stats from later. But their CMO basically said it was like why the the idea of the campaign was in and around you know um, trying Weetabix on new things. So they put this tweet out, which was baked beans, um, Heinz baked beans, and Weetabix. And why should um, Brent have all the fun? Yeah. And it went viral um because everyone you know wendy style i like how that's a thing now wendy style all of the uk brands jumped on this tweet and responded in their in their own way and apparently they got a billion impressions on this on this sort of viral campaign that went out um and then from this article which we can put out um on the grocer.co.uk said that justin sainsbury's uh which is like a Fred Meyer type uh, supermarket. Um, they in, right after that increased fifteen percent just off that, and it went it went it went crazy, yeah. which is amazing. And I love that they um, like this tweet, which I'm sure went through rounds of approval, but was not meant to be like we discussed last time. Do a uh, you know this kind of thing. They did their own thing. It wasn't brief. It, it wasn't briefed in to accomplish this sort of outcome. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was designed to get some attention, but it wasn't designed to you know shift a increase of fifteen percent in product. So like, it's a, it's it's amazing, and I love it, and I absolutely love that it's done really well for them. I love that they got all this attention. I love that they put this tweet out and more more of this, more good thinking, more out of the box thinking. This is great. More Weedabex out of the box. This is I, excellent. <laughs> You know, I I think I try. I'm trying to think about sort of the equivalent products in the U.S. Weetabix is very much like a British thing. I you know, and so yeah. I keep defaulting back to Kellogg's corn, uh, uh, you know, cereal. Um, yeah, and yeah. also maybe wheat Wheaties to to some extent. Um, yeah, you know, and like they are sort of part of our consciousness, but no one you know, like not people just like, there's so much choice and there's, you know, these are sort of like such basic staples that I've never actually seen anyone go and reach for Wheaties or, you know, the, the cornflakes. Uh, it would be the equivalent of everyone wanting to go and buy the thing that um, is just like the most basic version yeah. of, of the product category. Like it's, like it's been around for a hundred years. It's yeah. there. You see it every time you go out. And like there, there is no U.S. equivalent because I don't think, as my wife likes to say, England has a lot of war food, and I feel like this is a very good example of war food. It's two like war a, foods. Two war foods. Yeah, two war the foods. Because the beans, they're that. Like, oh yeah, they're... the beans as well. Yeah, <laughs> but like the yeah, I mean the Weetabix is is like not something that you would like. Sometimes you remember it exists, and you go buy a box of it. And you eat it every day for breakfast with sugar on top, and it's great. And you don't touch it again for like four years. So right. the fact that they could change, get back on everyone's radar to want to go and purchase this is like this is great advertising because that's yeah. what you wanted to do, compared to the millions people spend on like anthem campaigns, and they do nothing but allow ECDs to post stuff on Instagram and LinkedIn saying. I made this campaign. I'm so proud of this team, but it's like, Hey, look, I made this thing. This is what I used. This is what I did with my, with my work time. Yeah, this was yeah. excellent. Uh, staying on the food theme. Food, staying food on the food theme. Um, I saw two great ads. Uh, one is a real ad. Uh, one is a 
you know, a spec ad from a, I, I guess like a, a creative um, on both on LinkedIn, one for McDonald's UK. It's really hard to, to, to do this through the medium of audio because they're very visual because they're out of home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll try and get the links out um, on the website and on the, on the Instagram, but the McDonald's one, um, which was real was excellent. I thought it was super good. Um, and hats off to out of home um, creatives who um, who think of these, but it, it's basically using half of the McDonald's arch. Um, very iconic. They've done this before, but the um, half of the arch starts sort of like on the side and then ends in a an apartment building. And mm-hmm. one of the windows is lit up in the McDonald's yellow. And there's just like three of these in this example. But I thought it was a really great thing to talk, to talk about uh, McDonald's doing home delivery. Yeah. And it was just like McDonald's comes from away to your house and your house lights up in McDonald's goodness. I thought it was a really, really nice idea. Out of home is not dead. Craig would agree with me. Out of home is, is still alive and kicking uh, no matter what you say because you can do really good things like that because it has to be fast to understand visually interesting there can't be a lot of copy so like i think it's one of the best you know media that you can get for these really really good interesting campaigns yeah i uh i like the simplicity of it it gets it it, i think it it does um it plays on the heritage of mcdonald's um kind of you know there's a saying under the under the golden arches right so like yeah. it's the big you know the traditional mcdonald's arches were built over the actual drive through and like the actual restaurant and so this basically takes that arch and puts it over a house meaning yeah. that you can have mcdonald's at home and the two simple words we deliver gets that point home so it's, it's uh it's so good it's yeah it's it's really good and again it's coming out of the uk you know it's another um, i think leo burnett um did this yeah uh that's their yeah. agency um just well done simple effective plays on the heritage and on the current circumstances the only knock on this maybe is that it feels like it's about six to eight months too late because you know the world yeah you know the world migrated to at home about a year ago and mcdonald's has been delivering for a while so i mm-hmm. just kind of feel like maybe maybe the reality in the uk is a little bit different be interesting to know in terms of delivery mm-hmm. but I feel like they could have done this sooner. Yeah, well, yeah, in the US, they've been delivering with Uber, I think, since 2017. Yeah, so, they have a partnership with them. Yeah. Yeah. So for us over here, it's not it's not new news, but I get I me mean, maybe if they just started delivering. Um, but um, as an aside and for a future podcast, um, McDonald's just rolled out their new branding for all of their packaging, mm-hmm. which is taking the same route as burger king did in terms of pairing back the design be more like i guess the new the new thing the new term is like app app focused or app related it's very like simple mm-hmm. very clean lines it's like like we talked about before um when um apple squashed all of their icons down to be the flat design they're yep. taking that approach it looks it looks nice and we'll go into that in another podcast um another food related out of home um uh, ad that I saw on LinkedIn. Um, it was a as a creative who did a spec ad for Kit Kat, and I love this one. Really, really love this one. Um, and and the visual is basically an Outlook calendar, and every thirty minutes it has meeting 
we'll zoom, 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 zoom. And then at three o'clock or four o'clock, it's two blocks and it's just the Kit Kat bar. Yeah. And then it's after that, it's zoom, 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 zoom. It's so perfect. And there's, and there's no words and it's on a bus shelter and you look at it and you know exactly what it is, who it's yeah. for, what the line is and what it means. And I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's not a real ad yet. But I was going through the comments on on this um, thing and someone had tagged someone, had tagged someone and a Nestle person got involved and they tagged the VP of marketing of, you know, there are so many VPs there. It doesn't, you have no <laughs> idea. But they basically tagged someone else and said, this is great. How do we make it happen? So I'm really hoping this becomes a real ad because this is such a great idea. And again, like I said, you know, it's it's just out of home has to be so fast to understand. And what they, they've leveraged everything that people know, and they've been Kit Kat has been banging on about for the last you know 10 years. Have a break, have a Kit Kat. Yeah. And this absolutely visually and from the messaging point of view, nails it. Yeah. Um, well done. Uh, I think the the guy's name is Sam. Uh, Sam Henning, well done by him. Um, this well this this looks really good. Uh, you're right, dude. The the company, the brand, built so much equity around this concept of having a break with a Kit Kat bar that it almost like you almost associated with it, at least with a little bit of a prompt like this one. Um, my only question, I guess, is you know how relevant is out of home advertising uh, right now versus you know about a year ago before the before the pandemic out of home was experiencing this like unprecedented renaissance. Uh, yeah. And it was one of maybe the, the few really grow, growing channels. I'm not saying that it's not experiencing, um, a, you know, a continuity of that, but it just feels like with more working from home, less commutes, you know, though people potentially drive a little bit more and take public transportation less. Um, I just wonder if this is the right medium for the time or if this is transferable to, um, you know, digital, which is where people consume most of their information right now. I mean, if you if you could take this, I mean, well, first, I think more people are driving than they would before because right. they're driving all over the place now, especially in the U.S. I think in, in England as well, they're not taking trains, buses, tube. So if you're if you're buying in the right place, let's say this is a real ad, and you're buying in the right place, you're buying you know billboards on you know, on roadside, you're buying bus shelters. I think you're gonna you you are still gonna see this. I don't think everyone is stuck at home all the time forever. Because you still got to get out and about. You're not your radius isn't that far, so if you're buying in the right places, whether you know concentration near supermarkets or doctors' offices, you know those kinds of places where you are definitely going to go at some point, it makes sense. Um, and then digital, you, you can you can put this on you know Instagram and Facebook. You can make this into a digital campaign really easy because the idea translates across. Because the visual is so relatable to everyone, yeah. it is not. It is not age dependent. It is not industry dependent, for the most part. But I, I just think it's like it's such a good idea that it can go. It has legs. I think that is, it has legs. It has that's high praise. It has legs. That's what yeah. you're looking for, <laughs> legs in an ad. This is good. Um, you know, going from good creative ideas to um, 
something that just forces a chuckle out of both of us, I think. Um, the consultancy behemoth that is McKinsey. Um, yeah. I think everyone knows McKinsey for uh, two things. One is employing allegedly really smart people. And the second one, charging an arm and a leg for their uh, brilliant advice. They uh, churned out a piece of absolutely revolutionary um, marketing it's brilliant. advice. Um, brilliant. It boils down to this. McKinsey now officially says that businesses need a full, a full final marketing strategy. That, you know, first there was Columbus opening, discovering the world, and then McKinsey yeah. discovered marketing. Um, it's, you know, they posted this big article, you linked to it uh, in our pre-recording notes on their website, we can link to it. Um, basically, it's, it's saying that this is how marketing should exist. It's not just like a temporary strategy. It's like the way to think about marketing in general, which, yeah. you know, take a book from David Ogilvy from like the 1960s, and he's already referencing someone from 50 years prior in discussing this. Like marketing has always been full funnel. I think the fact that McKinsey is getting around to saying this is actually not even emblematic of like McKinsey's warped way of thinking but rather the businesses that it consults, and I think they actually say this in the first couple of paragraphs uh, of this white paper, CMOs um, have been conditioned to default to the easiest uh, part of the funnel, which is direct response, because you can measure it, you can point to the results, and you can say, hey, I drove X ROAS, X revenue, that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and McKinsey is saying, well, no, you should probably think about investing across the whole funnel and actually have a full funnel strategy. And, uh, you can't just do the bottom or you can't just do the top and rely on it to like trickle down. It needs to, you need to think through the whole thing. Um, yeah. Honestly, I'm really glad you brought this up because I was really struggling with how to do marketing before. So I'm really glad McKinsey has written this because this is something that I've never heard of. And it's it's astounding that no one's talked about full funnel marketing in any meetings that I've been in in the last ten years. So thanks thanks McKinsey for really enlightening us um, for across the board. And for and for making it available for free to uh, for everyone to uh, you know read and chuckle. Yeah, I mean, like I think so. The four essentials of a full of full funnel marketing one. Brand building measurement. Yep. So traditional TV ads, the backbone of many brand building campaigns have long suffered from a tracking problem. Um, so do so do channels that have tracking. Addressable TV and audio, digital brand lift surveys, and attribution tools um, using ad logs. These tools correlate the specific time and location in which a cohort of customers sees an ad. Mm -hmm. Very useful. Two, unified set of KPIs, three, an updated media mix model for integrated uh, spending, and four, a full funnel operating model. I'm like, where, where have you been living since the dawn of advertising where this is like a, a thing you need to put out? I don't understand if you really were a consultancy and you really were marketing, you know, a threat to agencies you're putting this out as like actually you know what you guys need to think about full funnel no one's talking about it but you should do it come on yeah like what 
it's it's pretty lame. I mean, let, let's just say it. It's pretty lame. I think uh, what's even sort of even more astounding with this piece is McKinsey is expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. Only the biggest, wealthiest companies can afford to hire McKinsey to uh, to help them, right? You would think that these companies would have marketing departments and agencies that already operate, not know, do but like operate just like by default within these fundamentals. So who the hell is McKinsey writing this for? You know, and I, I it's, know. It, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's interesting. You say that, you know, threats to agencies, you know, we've heard of Accenture, another consultancy really beefing up their, you know, marketing chops with multiple acquisitions over the last few years. You know, there's clearly Deloitte has done the same. Um, we don't really hear much about McKinsey um, in, 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 in the ways of, you know, marketing specifically, but if this is their foray, if this is how they're choosing to present themselves, you know, pity on them. Um, I guess they have bigger problems to uh, be concerned about right now with uh, recently they had to pay like a half a billion dollar fine for um, helping uh, op- uh, opioid companies um, market their drugs to consumers, including uh, uh, Purdue Pharma. You know, they're involved in the South Africa corruption scandals. You know, their reputation is in complete sort of doubt across across the world today in the news uh, that McKinsey's um, senior most partner. So it's a partnership and, you know, the partners, you know, like a cabal elect a partner who then yeah. like leads all the partners. Well, they, you know, they unelected him or did not reelect him because of all of these problems. So I'm guessing they have their plateful um, and funnel thinking is not the top of the agenda, <laughs> but come on. So basically McKinsey is um, not, he want to be taking marketing advice from no, but take it from take revelation. take it take take it from Sam from the Kit Kat bar ad. You know, yeah, Sam yeah. Sam probably charges a lot a little bit less than McKinsey and uh, can probably give you a better marketing strategy than McKinsey can at this point. So uh, I mean, at, Sam at Henning. This point, yes, Sam, go hire Sam Henning. Um, he's better than McKinsey. That's uh, that's that's our uh, the thirty minute CMO top, top tip. tip top tip. Go hire <laughs> Sam. All right. Um, from uh, from a company that's kind of you know going towards death, maybe not uh, to a company that actually went dead and then has come alive again, uh, at least in my inbox. Quibi, Quibi. Uh, we, thought, <laughs> we, thought, we, we thought that they were dead, uh, and they sort I of was convinced. Uh, yeah, and it's they sort of aren't. Uh, I received an email today saying that Roku bought them and uh, please accept the new terms of service what do you make of this i mean it's it's it this is this is like what like you said they announced the um that roku was taking the content in january and from what i saw on that blog post which we're gonna have to we're, we're actually going to deliver on this linking business we've got a lot of links today um but roku said they're gonna they're gonna allow um all of the Quibi content that they're, they're buying, which is, I guess, also part of your data. I'm guessing they're also buying the data, which is more important than the content. Because, um, you know, from what we've seen from the content, it is not great. Subapar. Um, <laughs> uh, well, they're going to allow all of the content to be streamed on Roku channel for free. And given Quibi's entire business model was on this premium movie quality for tv content the fact that roku deems it for free is not great for quibi's like previous management 
what I'm really interested to see is how they actually deliver the content on Roku. Yeah. Because Roku is not a phone forward, you know, mobile first streaming. It's a TV. Platform. It's a TV platform. It's, it's, it's a TV platform. Are they going to stick with the Quibi's ludicrous idea of 10 minute episodes? Um, or stitch it together. Or stitch it together into 30 minute episodes. Because I, again, we've talked about this before. I don't, I don't understand the idea of the 10 minute episodes. It's stupid because no one's asked for it because it's stupid. No one, no one, that was not a problem that had to be solved. No, like if you're just, watching ju- 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 the just bus, like, just like bird scooters, no one asked for them. No one asked for them and they appeared and they're not very good. And like, no one asked for 10 minute episodes no. of stuff. If you're like, let's think about, we're going off topic slightly, yeah. but the conversation juice. So um, no one watches 10 minutes of, of anything. If you're on a, if, if their problem they're solving is people are commuting, they want short form content. You're not commuting for 10 minutes. You're either, you know, available to be distracted for a few minutes at a time, or you're commuting or you're doing something which is, longer than that let's take you know your normal daily commute let's say you're in london and you're going for, or you're somewhere in san francisco let's say you're in san francisco and you're taking the bus from your house to the office you're waiting for the bus you get on the bus you ride the bus you get off the bus you walk to the office you know you're not moving for probably 30 ish minutes you can watch an entire episode an episode and a half of Shit's creek or 30 minutes of a 40 minute episode. In no way do you need 10 minutes worth of content. It is no. stupid. No, so- and, and, and and also I think uh, you if you're watching something like that, however short, you still need to sort of be paying attention. I think the brilliance of yeah. TikTok um, is that you don't. You can flip yeah. it open, scroll through a few things, have a laugh, close it, you didn't miss, like you don't, there's no continuity that you need to worry about. You know, I yeah. think right now Twitter is sitting there and kind of like biting its elbows about killing Vine off too quickly because I feel yeah. like, you know, that is re- more relevant now than uh, than Quibi. Quibi's idea was like there's... I mean, Vine was ahead of its time. Yeah, you know, Vine, we... Vine was ahead of its time and Quibi was never never made for the... Like, the, I think whatever marketing, <laughs> like whatever consumer insight that they, uh, that kind of uh, forced Quibi into being, I remember them talking about like, oh, well, people stand in lines to go to like in the bank and like they'll want to uh watch something and it's like really that's how you raised a billion because someone I, is standing in line at chase that's nonsense that is absolute nonsense no way no one goes i'm in a line that i'm not sure how long will take right and i want to watch 10 minutes of an episode that i have to pay attention to to understand the story exactly that is absolutely not how people work exactly i don't know I mean, I don't know how this got funded and started and got made. And I, but what I do know is how it absolutely catastrophically collapsed because it is a stupid idea. So what I'm hoping is that they take all the content. I'm sure they actually, the content is pretty good and they stitch it together. Like I saw um, Amazon, not Amazon, Apple, um, Stitch, you know, the, the trip with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. Yeah. Uh, for all the US people, non UK people, will meet this will be nothing to them. 
but it's an excellent TV series. It was a six-part TV series, 30 minutes each, which they then condensed into movies. So they're like, you know, two-hour movies now. And they're, they're, they, I'm hoping they do the same thing, where you can watch a whole episode of one of the Liam Hensworths or the Chrissy Teigen judge things. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what they are. They're, they're really bad. So, so yes, that's, that's my... Uh, that's my take on this. They make make it 30 minute episodes and people will watch it on TV like they would. Well, I yeah, I think that's enough about Quibi. I did not think we we're gonna say any more anything more about them, but apparently, like they force us to have this conversation. Uh, <laughs> I do have yes. I do have one other topic I want to just quickly touch on before we wrap this up. Um, and this concerns uh the car brand Kia. Um, yep. And I'll, I'll tell you why I want to, the reason we wanted to have a conversation about Kia in general uh, is in their potential tie up with Apple to develop the Apple car. And maybe, maybe we can touch on this in a different conversation, but my wife is a huge fan of tennis. Um, and so I've watched the, in, the entirety of the Australian open with her, which was the first time we saw a live sporting event with actually like fans in the stands, not wearing masks. Um, that was pretty neat to see. Um, yeah. Kia was a major sponsor of the event, but I didn't realize this because uh, their logo has changed. Uh, now, I'm sharing my screen with you, Alex, and you can see yeah. that on the hood of whatever Telluride, I think it is, uh, they have this very different logo uh, for Kia than what you see at the top of their screen, which is the traditional logo for kia yeah. right i so, know the traditional kia logo yeah so the traditional kia logo is uh is what you're used to uh um, in, in a in a circle kind of thing yeah like what what we've seen and whatever but they've changed it to be this which is basically like what a, on earth a bunch of lines that kind of sort of spell out kia right and that's what they sort of uh that's what they splashed all over the billboards and sideboards of the tennis courts at the Australian Open. And actually yeah. it was like, I couldn't even understand what the brand was. So I had to Google it and I understand that Kia is going through this rebrand. And my question is like, this rebrand seems to be phased in some sort of a really ass backwards way, because even when you go, <laughs> even when you go on their website, which is what I just shared with you, the car, they're sort of like their, their, their like flagship vehicle has the new updated Kia badge, yeah. but the website has the old Kia logo, and then all the subsequent cars have all the, the old uh, the old Kia badge. And I just, I just, I, I don't get these rebrands. Like, what oh do they? God. What do they? What are they trying to? Like, if you're gonna do it, like, would you want to just sort of do it all at once, especially in digital, in your own digital channels where you have full control and you don't have to wait for any lack like why would you have old logos and new logos and and not explain it and i don't understand like i just don't on. i'm i'm on the site now and i'm i'm looking at this this it's only the 2022 carnival mpv that has this new logo on by the it. way by the way whatever that is what yeah whatever that is um i mean it, it looks nice but um, but yes, the that has the weird Kia, but looks like Ku uh, logo, and I, I I like the logo. That's like in in isolation on its own, it looks nice. It looks modern. It looks very you know 
it looks more updated than the old Kia logo. But you're absolutely right. This is such an odd rollout of a logo that all of their owned brand like website has the old logo as the header and only this new car has it and i'm guessing all of but, the but but, but not just but not just it. but not just the yeah so the new car and then this global you know like okay like not the majority of the people don't watch tennis it's not like the super bowl but it's the australian open and it's televised on espn in the U.S. in prime time, uh, yeah. and people see this logo, so you know you're marketing to the entire world. So if you're going through a global rebrand, and you're not, and you haven't rebranded your uh, North American presence, but you sort yeah. of have because your car now has this thing. Like I just under—I I don't understand the time. I, I don't understand the logic, the strategy, or the timing. I—I I mean, it—you—you want to do it at once. I mean, like this is. Did they take advice from McKinsey? This feels like a McKinsey um, strategy here where you put it on one car and all of the advertising, but don't change the rest of the website. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, well if, if you're going to do like the Australian Open is what the, the kickoff for the tennis season. Yeah. So if you're going to, if you're going to roll out a new branding for that, and that's not a small you know, tournament, um, what is it? 11, wait. It's a lot of it's a lot of people who watch it, and if you're going to roll it out and that's going to be your major branding in your key sponsorship, and you don't do it anywhere else, I would say you have to fire some people and hire some people. Mark yeah. Sweden, I would hire you as well for this. Yeah, uh, or again, we can get back to Sam who made the you know KitKat bar thing because. Sam. I- I feel like it's just it's 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 kind of crazy. Like I, I'm sure millions of dollars were burnt doing this, and you can um, we can link to this. You you guys can Google this, but I thought this was pretty crazy. I as as a marketing and marketing adjacent podcast, I think this is this is very much a faux pas on Kia's front because this is not how you roll out a new logo. No, this is like the opposite of what you do. You don't just like willy nilly spray the new logo around. You need to have a like, you need to have an a campaign, a, a delivery mechanism that tells people what you're doing. You don't just be like, boom, new logo. I'm not telling you what it is or who it's for, but here it is. Yeah, you recognize it. You recognize? No, you don't, because no one's seen it. It's the opposite of KitKat. It's the opposite of building a of a of a brand. It is not good. Not good. It is not good. On oh, that no. on that bombshell, unexpected <laughs> bombshell. <that> bombshell. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was unexpected. We'll we'll uh, we'll take a little bit of a break uh, between this one and the next one. Uh, let's post the links from our um, conversation today onto the site so that you guys can uh, can reference them. A big thanks to people who inspired a lot of this podcast. Mark, Mark Craig, etc. <laughs> And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again soon, probably over yes. the content will divide. Definitely.